This is Cast Club Radio. Brought to you by Heritage Distilling. On Cairo Radio 97.3 FM. On Cast Club Radio, we believe every spirit has a story. And stories like good drinks are always better when shared with friends. Each week, we'll explore the intersection of cocktails, spirits, beer, wine, and life. It's Cast Club Radio. Here's your hosts, Lydia Cruz and Justin Stiefel. Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Cast Club Radio. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Lydia Cruz. And I'm Justin Stiefel. And I'm Maura Dooley. And man, how did fall creep up on us so quickly here? I I swear, I just turned around and dog days of summer are here. And football season is starting this week. We had games on Thursday. We have college football today. And uh, the very first Seahawks game is tomorrow already. I can't wait. Ah, Maura, this is essentially your Christmas. Yeah, it's like your pitchers and catchers report I know. date for me. <laughs> I totally understand. Because I combine my love for football with my love for fantasy football. Oh, so absolutely. That's all about to kick off. And my love for, you know, just bragging shamelessly to your friends. That's also <laughs> involved. So all of these things that I love. But speaking of Christmas, that is not that far off. And uh, Justin, people can already start planning for the holidays, right? Yeah, we have started pre-selling on our webpage the Spirits Advent Calendar, which has become a fan favorite mm-hmm. in the last several years uh, here in the Northwest and across select states. And even though it may sound too early to be thinking about Christmas, it is important to plan ahead to make sure that people secure their Spirits Advent Calendar before they sell out and so that they arrive properly in October or November so that you can celebrate all 24 days of uh December leading up to Christmas. Yeah, you don't want to get cheated out of a couple days and then have to rush it or anything like that. You want the full month. That's right. That's right. And because people are planning all of their holiday getaways and family get-togethers, especially around Thanksgiving, it's important to get up before Thanksgiving so you have it as a gift to exchange so that your family can enjoy it for the full month of December. That's true. They make really great gifts. I can attest to that. I gave some to my family last year and, and they loved them. And I enjoyed mine personally as well. Yes, right? (laughs) Uh, In the meantime, what is going on in the headlines this week? Well, in the headlines uh, this week, we found an interesting story out of Montana. Mm -hmm. A distillery there called Montgomery Distillery helped to achieve record speeds at the Bonneville Motorcycle Speed Trials using vodka as the fuel. The uh, bike (laughs) was hand-built by the distillery's owner named Ryan Montgomery. Uh, He took part in the race at the Bonneville Salt Flats over the weekend in uh, late August. And uh, in his interview with the newspaper, they took some uh, vodka that they were going to discard, and they redistilled it and got it up back to a very high proof. And uh, they saved up about 10 gallons of that vodka, Wow! essentially converted it into fuel, and they were able to... uh, hit their target of 98 miles an hour as the base target, they actually got up to an average of 113 miles an hour wow. using vodka as the fuel of choice. So oh uh, uh, another another way to put alcohol to use. I mean, that's creative ways, although it's one of those that also makes you kind of wonder, like, is this the best use? I'm kind of sad that it's not getting uh, enjoyed in a, in a beverage. <laughs> well, to each their own. Exactly. Sounds like what they had to do to it to make it fuel worthy you wouldn't want to drink it at that point that's a good yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. very good point very good point that's right that's right uh next up for those who are into running or drinking beer or both (laughs) there is a virtual beer drinking and running app that is launched (laughs) Uh, a man has launched an app that features 
virtual contestants running the beer mile with a description that says chugging, running, barfing. All the fun of the beer mile without the public intoxication. <laughs> now, myself, I'm not a runner and I don't consume a lot of beer. So this would be an app that I'd be interested in because uh, it takes two things that I normally would not do and uh, lets me get away with them while sitting on the couch in my living room. Wow, yeah. I mean, this event always sounds uh, crazy to me and it's like something that I wouldn't really want to participate in. I mean, sure, running and then drinking a beer are two things I enjoy, just not together. Yes. Um, but yeah, now that, it, now that it's an app form, I could maybe get behind it. Yeah, yeah, we were talking off air about how I, I saw a special. There's some people that do this and take it really seriously. Yeah. Like, like really good runners and they chug beer and go do these races. And I, I too like to run and I like to consume beer, but not at the same time. No. So I think virtual reality is the only way that I, I would do it. that. Yeah. yeah. So this app is called The Beer Mile. It involves participants competing in a 400-meter track-style setting running four laps and then consuming four pints of beer and um, then determining how you are going to feel afterwards. <laughs> so it is available at the App Store, the Beer Mile. And uh, normally you would say, don't try this at home. But this is one of the things where you would say, it's okay. Go ahead yeah. and try it at home. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And last up, we have news out of China that uh, Chinese consumers have turned to start drinking beer out of plastic bags. Uh, local residents um, often buy draft brew off the street from vendors in the keg format or barrel format, just like uh, we go and get growlers here in the U.S. Uh, they, over there, fill branded plastic bags at the price of uh, one and a half RMBs, that's a Chinese currency, per pint. They take the beer away, and then at home they'll pour the beer into a mug or a can as they wish. But some people have uh, taken to double stacking the bags, one inside the other, beer on the bottom and ice on the top, wow. separated with the plastic bag, and uh, a long straw that goes down into the beer, and they are walking around uh, consuming beer out of a plastic bag. Now, um, here in Seattle, you probably wouldn't get away with that because A, plastic straws have been banned, and B, uh, plastic, plastic bags, bags yeah. are harder to come by. Yeah. But uh, in China, they have not uh, caught up with the trends here in the U.S. That's really interesting. Yeah, because I, uh, to me, it seems uh, more dangerous per se. Like uh, we talked about, we're maybe a little uh, clumsy prone yeah. or uh, known to bumping into things, falling down, and so yeah. it, it neither seems like safer or more eco-friendly than the other version. Yeah, there are lots of videos on YouTube of college kids in uh, spring break formats and settings where they are getting boxed wine and uh, boxed uh, pre-mixed cocktails, and uh, they are taking the bags out of the boxes, and then they basically carry the bags around with them on the beach and on the boats, and they're drinking straight out of the bag um, <laughs> and consuming copious amounts of alcohol that way. Uh, but this is a little different because you're basically filling bags live and uh, drinking out of the bag directly. Uh, and the price is pretty cheap, one and a half RMB per pint. Uh, it is right now, uh, the conversion rate is six RMBs per dollar. So that's pretty cheap for that beer. Yeah. Wow. Well, drinking out of a bag, not one trend that we could see catching on anytime soon here uh, in the United States, but one trend that has cut on in abundance, that would be pumpkin spice. Yeah, it's that time of year again. You're going to start seeing it everywhere. But how's the trend 
Has it officially gone too far? It's next on Cast Club Radio. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. Man, we are in September now, which means the leaves will start to change here pretty soon. And, of course, pumpkin spice has returned to not only the Northwest area, but the entire country. This seems to be a trend that, I mean, at first I thought it was just around Starbucks and your favorite drink at Starbucks. But it seems to now be permeating every type of beverage and food. And now even beyond that, has the pumpkin spice trend gone a little too far? Yes. Well, uh, I think the last report that I saw from last year said there were over 13,000 pumpkin spice variations of products on the market last year at retail in 2017. Uh, And for sure, we're going to see new line extensions of products come out this year that we've not thought of. And uh, we'll we'll probably cover those a little later. Yeah. Uh, But but first, you know, we should kind of talk about where this phenomenon came from. The origins. Uh, the origins of the pumpkin spice latte, which then rolled into pumpkin spice uh, everything, hashtag pumpkin spice whatever. <laughs> um, in early 2003, a small group of food scientists who run something called the Liquid Lab at Starbucks, they secured uh, some research and development space on the seventh floor at the headquarters in Seattle. And uh, it's a cross between the chef's kitchen and the scientist's playground. Uh, had all the things you would expect to find both in the commercial kitchen and a lab. And Peter Dukes, who was the director of, of Espresso Americas for Starbucks, was the product manager who led the development team for what we now know as the pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, well, that's a resume now, builder right there. <clears throat> it is. I mean, it's like uh, one of the, the greatest inventions of all, of all time. time. That's my <laughs> wife, right? Uh, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it is so ubiquitously thought of as a Starbucks item today. But you have to go back to 2003, and it didn't really exist prior to it being launched in a couple test markets. Um, Now, Peter talks about that nobody knew, even back then, that it was going to take on a life that it has um, achieved today. In their uh, scientist playground in the liquid lab, they began to experiment with uh, samples and flavors. And uh, a sample included a forkful of pumpkin pie followed by a sip of hot espresso, which helped to tease out some of the uh, pie notes uh, that best complemented the coffee. Can we just say that that's a great day at work right there? I mean, if you're coming to work eating pie, drinking coffee, probably (laughs) some of the best coffee around, that's a pretty good day at work. It's kind of like how we stumbled across uh, BSB. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So he says that uh, Peter talks about how uh, as soon as they sampled this uh, mix, nods started to go around the room. People's heads started going up and down. They thought, you know, we might have a winner here. So they went to leadership, and they got permission to work on some prototype beverages, and uh, they settled on a recipe that used pumpkin spice sauce with cinnamon, clove, nutmeg, uh, handcrafted with their espresso and steamed milk, and they topped it up with whipped cream and a dash of pumpkin pie topping, and voila, they had created the pumpkin spice latte. And I got to tell you, at the time, I vividly remember uh, when the pumpkin spice lattes would come out in September, um, you could tell uh, that folks began to think about Christmas shopping. That was Mm -hmm. the first signal that Christmas shopping was around the corner. And now, again, it, it has led the way for literally thousands of pumpkin spice themed products. Yeah, it having worked at Starbucks for three years, not quite in 2003, that was a little before it, but 
having worked there and just seen the actual craze, how people will come in for the weeks before that you launch and ask, uh, when is it? Is it here yet? Is it here yet? Is it here yet? Oh it has just this anticipation around it. I We've talked about sort of uh, on the sports, on our sports side, how spring training sort of makes people think, oh, uh, it gives you this feeling of summers around the corner. It's just this great opening day is this great feeling for people. I think pumpkin spice in that way sort of signals it's the fall. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be the holiday soon. It's in in its own way this sort of uh, bringer of the the fall season that makes people that gives puts people in a good mood. Yeah, and uh, you've seen beer manufacturers, uh, breweries that have begun to. Uh, you know, make their own riff. Uh, probably one of the most famous large-scale ones was uh, Sam Adams with their fall harvest and pumpkin spice harvest. Uh, and I've got friends who work at breweries, some of the bigger regional breweries here in the Northwest where they are making a pumpkin spice version of a beer. And uh, they say it's one of the worst jobs of the year because oh. they've got to get all of the pumpkin uh, paste, if you will, to mix into the, uh, the cook. And uh, the amount of powder of the nutmeg and cinnamon and cloves, you have to get dressed up in a hazmat suit and wear oh all of the ventilation because wow. the dust is prevalent. And so um, if you really want to get in the good graces of, of your bosses, you actually volunteer for that job. And uh, that's that's the way to get ahead now in the, in the beer world. Wow. Oh well, I guess that's an easy... Uh, step to assume that because this beverage was so popular that yes it would spill over into the beer wine and spirits world and it's not just in beer right we've seen uh Kahlua has its own version of this absolute has its own version of pumpkin spice um so it's very much a part of the beer wine and spirits world now as well it is rebel stoke uh, which is a uh, uh whiskey um, bottler has a pumpkin spice version of uh, whiskey. As you noted, Absolute Vodka has a pumpkin spice. Burnett's Vodka has a pumpkin spice. But set aside the alcohol and walk up and down every aisle of the grocery store or shop on Amazon uh, Prime now, and you know we can kind of go through some of these things <laughs> yeah. that, we, that we see hitting the shelves already this time of year. First one being pumpkin spice Cheerios. I hadn't seen those yet. What are your thoughts yet? on pumpkin yeah. spice Cheerios? I actually, I, I don't hate it. You know, you've got honey nut already. I feel like it's not too far of a stretch to have just a little a little sweetness with your Cheerios. It goes well with, I, I would, would think. It. Yeah, I would try that. If they're yeah. not too sweet, that's my only thing. Breakfast of Champions. Yeah, pumpkin why not? Pumpkin spice Cheerios. Okay. How about pumpkin spiced pie flavored Cliff Bars? <sighs> See, that's the thing. I'm not a huge pumpkin pie person, so... I think uh, when you go from like pumpkin spice to pumpkin pie, then it just feels like you're eating dessert all the time. So I'm probably out. I'm out. Okay. All right. So shifting to dessert, pumpkin spiced Oreo cookies. No, I don't think so. <laughs> we just sound no. like we're negative Nellies. How about you, Justin? You like any of these uh, these options? I would probably uh, try the Oreo cookies, although I probably would not dip them in milk. Oh, yeah. Mm. Would not have the same effect. <laughs> Not the same effect, yeah. Uh, there is pumpkin spiced jello from uh, uh, pudding from jello, pumpkin spiced pudding. Uh, what do you think about that? Seems like, I guess it would kind of just be like a lighter version of pumpkin pie <laughs> filling from a pie. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't be that I bad. I think if, if you made the kind of the small custard crusts and uh, filled them with the pudding and then top them with whipped cream, I could see that yeah. tasting pretty good, especially if the. Uh, the crust is a high-quality crust. 
far beyond even just the the basic dessert, right? There's been some weird combinations of. Oh yeah, uh, I saw pumpkin spice hummus in the store. Okay, see that? No, mm. we've I gone too that far. Sounded good, and then I also found a um a, a chicken sausage brand that was pumpkin spice. Uh, mm. Yeah, I I think we yeah. have to we have to draw the line somewhere. In Pringles. Pumpkin spice Pringles. Yeah, I don't weird. think I would go for no. that. Mm-mm. Yeah, <laughs> no. So uh, a couple things here. Did you know? Uh, did you know that the Starbucks pumpkin spice latte recipe has been unchanged since it first launched in two thousand three? Makes sense. Don't don't fi- don't fix what's not broke. Yeah. One of the original ideas for the name of the pumpkin spice latte was something they wanted to call the Fall Harvest Latte. Oh no. <laughs> Great. Whoever does on the marketing team, good job, guys. Wow. And uh, last but not least, in the decades since it launched, more than 200 million pumpkin spice lattes have been consumed. Goodness. <laughs> the, craze, uh, the craze is not uh, dissipated by any means. No. That's uh, 200 million at five bucks a pop is a uh, billion dollars. Oh, my gosh. Um, and think about that. In the span of uh, really three months of selling that product, it's a pretty good product. Well, later in the hour, it looks like we've got a cocktail recipe for you. If you're interested, if you're one of the people that really loves pumpkin spice, we've got a pretty cool cocktail recipe coming at the end of the show. But first, up next on Cast Club Radio, we're going to uh, talk to the operators of the Beast Bus. If you don't know what we're talking about, you've probably seen it circulating somewhere in Seattle during football season, but we'll explain. It's next on Cast Club Radio. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. Right now we are talking to Justin Smith, who does promotions for the Beast Bus. And if you don't know what the Beast Bus is, Justin, can you explain? Well, it's like the largest party on wheels. Um, <laughs> To make it really simple, it's like a museum, uh, a Seahawk museum that is full of memorabilia. It can seat up to, well, we don't really sit down because Seahawk fans don't sit down, as you know. <laughs> 40 to 50 large, we can throw them on the bus, you know. The Seahawks actually were going to ask us to be in the parade if we would have won in Arizona, but you know how that turned out. So yeah. we didn't really get to make that happen. But it was created right after the Super Bowl in New York. So it's got tons of Super Bowl 48 memorabilia on the bus. It's got a, a replica um, Lombardi trophy. It's got four kingdom seating. It has the entire Ring of Honor signed by every Ring of Honor member wow. except for one. And rest in peace to our man. Um that, that passed away this last year, Cortez. But uh, yeah, everybody's been on it. It's been amazing. Uh, Walter Jones, like a couple of weeks ago, the golf tournament to raise money for cancer for kids, was on it doing an interview. So it's been amazing, just like just seeing the people come through and what it represents and kind of the fandom that the Seahawks you know, 12s have. It's just been amazing just to go to these different events and, and having Heritage as a sponsor throughout the entire time has been amazing because um, Heritage, as you know, being a local company, um, they bring us to these different charity events to kind of help raise more money for charity. And we don't charge anything because you know, Heritage just gives so much money and throws so much money towards these charities and provides, you know, the their liquor to have, you know, raise more money for charities. It's just been amazing. That's pretty incredible. How how did the partnership between you two guys get started? And, and you mentioned those charities. What uh, What great causes is it supporting? Well, um, I think it was like after the first year with the Beast Bus, um, 
Justin had heard, you know, Justin with Heritage that you hear is on here right now, um, heard about kind of what we're doing down there. We had a different company down there where really wasn't working out great. And, and Heritage stepped up and said, hey, we want to be involved. It's a local company. They want to raise money for charity since we're a 501c3. The charity that we support, um, Ben Sayre, uh, he's kind of the one that spearheaded this whole thing. And it's, he's a local guy. Um, his dad, Steve, and then his brother, Chris, and Stephanie. Um, they run this business called Auto Warehousing Company in Tacoma. It's a huge company. And this is kind of their, their giving back vehicle, if you, can, yeah. for, if you will. They're <laughs> huge fans. And they're like, what can we do to make this crazy, incredible vehicle that we can drive around, take to different events? And they're like, what about a London a London bus, a double-decker. <laughs> so side end scene, I mean, it's crazy how these things come about. So side end scene, Ben and a few of his buddies, they paid to have this shipped over. The first one actually didn't make it, so they had to buy another one. <gasps> shipped it over. It came over trashed. I mean, it was a piece of junk. But they took this this thing, they dumped more money into it than you want to know, and made it into this incredible, like, relic. I mean, it's just wow. absolutely incredible. You have to come out and see it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a pretty cool thing. The charity that we support, just so you know, so Ben's nephew um, is autistic. And John Schneider, he's a GM of the Seahawks, and his son is also autistic as well. His name is Ben, and it's called Ben's Fund. And through, so Feed is kind of like the national company. Feed is uh, Families for Early Autism Treatment. Yeah. And they're the national company, and Ben's Fund is like the local company that kind of supports the, the local area kids that have autism, help them through the process, and, you know, different learning, you know, capabilities through different devices and stuff that they provide. And they give them Seahawk tickets and give them all the headphones and, head, you know, headsets when they come to games. It's just absolutely incredible. So Ben's like, if we're going to support a charity, let's support one that actually means something to us, mm-hmm. you know. And so with it being John Schneider, the GM of the Seahawks, Ben's nephew being autistic, kind of just all fell into place and we've raised um you know on average with heritage being our number one sponsor we've raised i think on average about 60 to eighty thousand dollars a year wow the last four years so it's been absolutely incredible um couldn't do it without the community's help i mean everybody that comes out and supports we have this pregame party that we put on every home game down by the stadium we kind of run out the lot behind outdoor research is like three blocks south of this the stadium in soto there um and it's just so much fun i mean to to be able to turn up before a game get the seahawks fans Mm -hmm. going and kind of prep them for the game and then have a great time and at the same time you're raising money and helping kids i mean you just can't get a better cause than that justin you described the bus accurately it is an old London style double decker bus right. that they use for the public transportation. Except the modifications that you all made are, are pretty incredible. You step onto the bus and there's this the circular staircase where you can go upstairs. You have installed all the memorabilia, but you also have installed a full bar, uh, cut the right. side open so you can serve, you know, uh, alcohol and beer and soda on the side. But then the coolest part is going up to the upper deck and uh, it's wide open. And you get to enjoy all aspects of, of whatever event you're at. So maybe in a parade or you're down at Ocean Shores for the big Seahawks fan gathering that they have at the end of the right. summer every year. Or you're at your Beast Bus tailgate party every home game. And you get to watch all the action. So if you if people have not seen the bus, they need to go see it, witness it, get on it, and see the amount of effort these guys put into it. It's, it's, it is a full immersion experience 
It's all volunteers, too. I can't help but mention that. Justin's correct. I mean, exactly what you described. And we call that bar the Heritage Bar, of course, right? And then we have the <laughs> Heritage VIP area as well that you can experience as well when you're at three game parties that are full of. We have heaters. We have everything down there. I mean, you can imagine. You can stay warm because, you know, it's not always 75 and sunny in Washington, right? <laughs> like today. But, you know, just an incredible experience to be able to, to, to witness what's been happening. And the big thing is this, like, there's another cause that we support it's called Vision House. Just to give you a quick story, yeah. if I can. Vision House helps kids that are homeless and their parents can't really you know, provide for them. And then so what, we, what Vision House does is a local charity. Um, it helps get the mothers back on their feet, puts the kids through schooling, puts the, the mother through, you know, tr- training of, you know, a, a future job and career. And, um, you know, gives them housing through the whole process of getting them back on their feet. And they have like an 85% success rate. It's absolutely incredible. Well, anyways, we took $15,000 that was raised from, uh, this is last season, and this is now the third season going into help and support Vision House. But we just took 15000 of the 80000 that we raised, and because we helped support a couple other charities as well, and Vision House is one of them. And we put this breakfast on. With the with Vision House, we partnered with them and paid for this breakfast. And Doug Baldwin came and spoke. So mm-hmm. Jeff Tam is a top exec at Amazon. We have a group of people. There's about six or seven guys and gals that just come and you know put this thing together every single week. It's absolutely incredible. But he's good friends with Doug. Doug came and spoke, and we raised I think it was like two hundred eighty five thousand dollars just from that fifteen thousand dollars seed that was planted of people coming to the tailgate. I will say so, that the 12s community, the Seahawks community, and the fan community is uh, always impresses me with their ability to give back and their generosity uh, here in the Pacific Northwest. So a typical yeah. uh, home game, Justin, first off, folks need to understand, when you say it's all volunteer-driven, it really is all volunteer-driven. The people who set up the Beast Bus and the other, I would call them vendors, but they're not really vendors because they're not selling their stuff, they're giving it away. The guys who are cooking hot dogs and pulled pork right. and making cocktails or beer or whatever it's all there's no charge for it right you just take a donation at the door to get in it's right. a secured right. gated tailgate event on in hawk hawks alley yeah but, 21 and up yep 21 you guys show up the night before you set up the night before the guy who's doing the pulled pork is smoking literally everything overnight so it's fresh for that Sunday's game. If people want to go and experience this really amazing tailgate, what time are they supposed to show up before home game? <laughs> 7 a.m., Justin. 7, 7 a.m., man. Like, like people, people say to me, they're like, you're crazy, 7 a.m. I'm like, well, how big of a Seahawks fan are you? Because we have 7 a.m. people show up all the time. I mean, if you want parking and you want to experience a full experience, people get there early, yeah. you know? It's, it's, it's so much fun. And he's, Justin's right. I mean, the, 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 the stuff that you experience there and the food and all the vendors and everybody together coming together for one cause, this blows your mind. You just have to show up. But you think that's crazy, 7 a.m., and then we kind of start dismantling around 12. So that's five hours. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, throw, yeah, it's crazy. We, we do the national anthem down there, which is awesome. We have somebody singing the national anthem. You know, we we have lots of fun, lots of drinks, lots of food. And then, I mean, and people just throw cash towards it because they want to support these causes and they see the difference that it makes in these kids' lives. And they see these companies that come in, like Heritage, and these other the vendors that come through and just, like, 
it just blows your mind if you're just able to experience it one time. And when you do experience it once, you're definitely – we have people that come down that don't even go to the game. They just come to tailgate, pre-game party, pre-funk. We have live bands that perform, and then they just go to a local bar and watch the game. So can you imagine for you and your wife, you and your husband, you and your, your spouse, whatever, 20 – 40 bucks for two of you, and then you get to go to the game or go to the game or just go to a local bar afterwards. It's just, it's pretty amazing. All right. Well, the Seahawks might be on the road tomorrow, but we'll make sure that people are there uh, for the first home game of the season. Hashtag beat, hashtag beat Denver, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Love it. So people, people want to learn more. Uh, you got a webpage, beastbus.com. Uh, you also Correct. have a very active uh, Facebook and social media presence. They can find you on uh, the social media outlets. If somebody wants to physically go experience the thing that is the Beast Bus and the Beast Bus tailgate party before every home game, just go down to Hawk Alley right behind Outdoor Research in Soto. That's it. And we went to the Boys and Girls Club golf tournament the other day with uh, Heritage and the whole Gold Mountain Golf Course that wants to come and donate their time and volunteer one game. So there's like 15 to 20 of them. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, Justin, Justin, thank you so much for taking time from your busy schedule, from your, from your golf game to uh, (laughs) to chat with us. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We hope you uh, have a great day, my friend. Hopefully it's in between birdies, right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Justin. All right, guys. It's a pleasure. Go Hawks. Yeah. Well, speaking of those Seahawks up next on Cast Club Radio, we've got Little uh, predictions for tomorrow's game with Earl Thomas being back in the mix. That news breaking this week. We also have that pumpkin spice recipe that I promised you. If you want to make a nice pumpkin spice cocktail for the game, for the watching, uh, viewing experience tomorrow, it's next on Cast Club Radio. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. Thanks so much for joining us on this fine fall Saturday. It is officially fall, and the Seahawks are playing their first regular season game tomorrow against the Broncos uh, in Denver. Maura, you have some unique experience because you actually worked in Denver for a while, so you've experienced the Bronco fandom, and now working in Seattle, you're on the other side of it. Do you have any predictions for the game tomorrow? (laughs) I think the Seahawks can take this one. Um, I know that um, on our sister station, they talked to Mark Schlereth, uh, formerly of the Broncos, yes, who's absolutely. on the Denver station out there this morning, and he said, you know, there's a lot of similarities between the two teams. They're 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 kind of both in a little bit of a, a restructuring period, have a lot of young talent coming in that they're relying on. Um, I think that at least, you know, the Seahawks are pretty set with Russell Wilson, the Broncos. It's going to be interesting to see what Case Keenum looks like there. You know, brand new quarterback. They've been looking for one ever since Peyton Manning retired. Yeah. Paxton Lynch, Trevor um, Simeon, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little tough to go into Denver. It's not the easiest road trip um, and get a win, but I, I think the Seahawks can pull it out, especially because we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Earl Thomas showed up. Yes, absolutely. Justin, yeah, you had mentioned it a little while back about how weird it was not seeing Earl's face on the building down there uh, at CenturyLink Field. My question now, do they have to go and quickly painted on now that he's back to the team I'll be wondering that if it will be there for the first home game I would imagine it would be but in the meantime I think that does a lot for the Seahawks team answers at least some of the questions that they had on the defensive side of the ball so uh, yeah I'll be I think I've got good feelings about the game tomorrow yeah and anybody who uh, thinks that um, Earl is going to be out of shape and not in game shape condition 
uh, has not been paying attention to what he's been doing on the offseason. Just look at his Instagram, man. Yeah. Been Come on. Very active. Very <laughs> active. Uh, the training regimen these guys go through year-round uh, it, it puts everything to shame. And if you talk to any of the NFL guys like Wyman and others uh, about their experience in the NFL 20, 30, 40 years ago for some of these guys, um, the attention to the athleticism the workout, the commitment to the diet and Nutrition, everything. yeah. All year round was not even thought about back then. It's, it's a completely different game from that prep perspective. So he'll be ready to go from a physical perspective. Uh, it's just a matter of getting some of those reps as quickly as possible. Yeah, and uh, working in with a lot of uh, young guys on the defensive side of it. But at the same time, if anyone loves football and if anyone who has a high football IQ – uh, I would I would trust it to be Earl Thomas, and so, uh, yeah, good news for the Seahawks seeing seeing him back there. Are you feeling better? Any everybody about the outlook of the season this year? Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see because uh, the conversation has flipped about Russell now. Uh, in the past, all these pundits from around the country kept saying, "No, oh, he's a tier two quarterback. He's not in the tier one." And now it's universally accepted that he's one of the best quarterbacks um, out there. Uh, certainly in the top five. And so the uh, question I have is, assuming they can stay healthy and they've got this reconstituted offensive line and, and uh, new coaching, how many touchdowns will he throw this year? What do you think? Ooh, got it. What he had, he led the league last year, yeah. 34, I believe, altogether. So oof, that's going to be hard to beat. But I would hope that he stays on par with that. I really think that Brandon Marshall is going to be a huge red zone weapon for him. I think you know. I think Tyler Lockett is poised to have a to have an up year as well. So, but you do have to consider that last year. I think they only had one rushing touchdown from a running back. Yes, yeah. and I think the run game has improved. So that probably will take a few touchdowns off the board for him. Yeah, well, because hopefully they'll be more balanced. Right. <laughs> hopefully he won't yeah. have have to be the uh, leading rusher on the team as well. You know, <laughs> that would be great. Well, I, love that. I would argue if he has protection and he has more time in the pocket, and he's got a stacked set of weapons in the uh, tight end and receiving core, and they can win a couple more games, which means more points on the board. If they can open it up, I'd like to see him get 40 touchdowns. Ooh, all right, why not? Yeah, Yeah. go big or go home. (laughs) I think Russell would, uh, he calls himself Mr. Unlimited, right? So I think he'd be into that. Yeah. say that, why not? Why not? He's on Wheaties boxes now. Come on, he can do anything. Very true. Not the pumpkin spice flavored weeds. No. Yeah. Those. Are those, yeah. do those exist? I don't know. They might at this point. Oh, no. You said Wheaties. Uh, I was thinking about the pumpkin spice oh, Cheerios. The Cheerios. Pumpkin spice Wheaties. Can you imagine? No. I'm no, no, I couldn't. But speaking of pumpkin spice, we did promise a great cocktail for you to make. Whether you're watching the game tomorrow or you just want to enjoy it this time of year, you want to jump in on the craze. And in a way that's not as crazy as what the pumpkin spice sausage that we described earlier. <laughs> Justin, yeah. what is the uh, cocktail recipe for this week? This is our pumpkin spiced white Russian. Uh, it involves some of our coffee flavored vodka, which is a, an amazing uh, spirit, and you can consume it on the rocks by itself, almost like a liqueur, or you can mix it in great cocktails like this one. So it's our coffee flavored vodka, uh, some pumpkin spice creamer that you can get in the grocery store now, one of 13,000 plus uh, pumpkin <laughs> spice products in the market. Mm-hmm. Some canned pumpkin puree. This is the uh, puree you would use to uh, make your pumpkin pie filling. And some of that pumpkin pie spice you're going to get probably McCormick's or a similar brand. So what we're going to do is get a shaker, put ice in it, put in two ounces of the coffee vodka, one ounce of the pumpkin spiced creamer, 
and two teaspoons of the canned puree. Shake it and then strain that into a glass and uh, top it with a couple sprinkles of the pumpkin spice uh, powder and uh, you've got a pumpkin spiced white Russian. Ooh, perfect for this time of year. What's the best thing to pair that with uh, when you're eating, what, to eat it with, Justin, in your opinion? Well, it's going to be a cold drink, so it's something you can uh, enjoy uh, really with anything snack-type stuff. So maybe you're at your football viewing party and you're going to have some chips and uh, beer nuts, something that's going to be sweet, nothing too salty. I would not pair it with something like uh, the uh, salt and vinegar chips because that's too sour. <laughs> yeah. Right? You want something that's neutral to a little sweet. Uh, you also could go with something I said earlier in the show I would not do which is the uh, pumpkin spiced Oreos. This is maybe one of those things I would dunk the pumpkin spiced Oreos into. All right, we're coming around to that. Okay, good. Well, as always, they can find this recipe online at heritagedistilling.com, where you can also check out episodes of Cast Club Radio. If you've missed a couple episodes, you want to catch up, uh, they're available there. They're also available at cairoradio.com. You just click on the podcast tab, and they're right there for you. That's right. And if you have questions, email us, castclubradio at heritagedistilling.com. You can follow us on Instagram and on Facebook at Cast Club Radio. And as always, don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Well, everybody, have a, an amazing first weekend of football. Enjoy the pumpkin spice, all the pumpkin spice you can consume. <laughs> and we'll uh, see you here next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling, part of Cairo Weekends on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM. Check us out on MyNorthwest.com to learn more and catch up on past episodes. Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM.